welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We pray that you would be blessed and encouraged by this week's message. Good morning. Oh, that beautiful little buzz, everybody gathering and talking. Thank you, Lord. Good morning. My name is Ralph. I'm part of the pastoral, pastoral team here at New Hope. And um, what an honor and privilege just to be here and experience God's presence. Uh, God is alive, and he's, he's here right now. I pray we're just really in tune to the Spirit of God this morning, so I just want to uh, bless your spirits. I bless your spirits to be alive and to be quick and even, uh, even to be able to hear and to set, set things aside from the week. Set every hindrance, every distraction. We just speak to your spirit. We'll just really be at a, able to receive all that the Father has for you today. Because I believe Father has something for you. Luke fifteen twenty. While he is still at a distance, or while he, while he was still a far way off, the Father sees him, has compassion upon him, runs to him, hugs him, and kisses him. Luke 15, verse 20. The son who brought great shame or even disrespect to the father. In that culture at that time, for a son to ask for his inheritance ahead of time, he was the second born son. When the father would have passed, he would have received the firstborn son gets two-thirds, and the second son, because there are only two boys, he would get a third. And the audacity of the son, the second son, to even ask for his inheritance while his father was alive was an insult. It was disrespectful. I ponder why the father even allowed it to happen. But he did. And the son goes off and he squanders everything. Wild living, reckless living, squanders it all. Finds himself in a pig stall. So funny, some of the commentaries. I believe uh, what I've even been taught through the Welton Academy that he didn't have an epiphia of a born-again experience. He just came to his senses and said, hey, I'm not doing too good here. I might as well go back to my father's house. It wasn't like he was broken. He basically said, huh, at least the servants are getting three squares a meal, uh, three squares a day at my father's house. I've blown everything. I might as well go back and say, hey, I'm not worried that it'll be your son. But I'll be your, I can work as a hired hand. At least I can eat. But while he was still a long way away, a distance away why he was far off. The scripture says that the father sees him, 
has compassion on him, runs to him, hugs him, and kisses him. What we have a little saying that we say now, right? Who does that? Who does that? How would you respond? How would you respond? I wrote down in my notes, would you be the stoic father who was very reserved and held back? And would you want to see if he was really going to maybe change his ways? Was this son serious? Does he realize what he's done? Does he understand the weight of it all? Does he carry any, any regret or remorse? How is his condition of his heart? I might have to, before I have compassion on him, I'm going to have to have him go through some of the hoops of my heart. Jesus is telling us about the Father. What kind of father is God the Father? Kind of ironic today that we tried to do a song called Furious Love. (laughs) And um, thank God that we don't have to perform to see the presence of the manifest God come and fill a place. We don't have to be perfect. We can just be. I like Stephen, Stephen here. I like what Stephen said. God gives us second and even third chances on things and a hundred million chances. But nothing can tear us from the grip of his mighty love. We've only glimpsed his vast affection, heard whispers of his heart and passion, It's pouring down. Even this morning, God the Father by the Holy Spirit was taking me deeper into his heart. I can tell you that I've been a born-again, spirit-filled believer for 35 years. And he's still taking us deeper. The vastness of this understanding of God the Father and his love for mankind, for all of creation, For all that he's created, he's not like you and me. He doesn't want to punish. He doesn't want to see how we do before he lavishes his love upon us. Because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He demonstrates his love for us. That God the Father was in the Son. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself that his blood would be shed for a new covenant a covenant of forgiveness between the father and the son God is at peace with the human race because he's demonstrated his love to the human race and all we have to do is say Papa I receive it what kind of father sees his son from a far off place and has great compassion and he runs to him and he hugs him and he kisses him it's mind-boggling the agape love of god is a very affectionate love 
How many of you saw Juliana come and give me a kiss on the cheek this morning? Anybody see that? Anybody see it? I was kind of, you had to be kind of in that spot. But anyway, um, I'm experiencing the love of God. He's taking me to a deeper place with an encounter. We call these encounters. It's experiencing God's love. It's actually something that's real, and it changes you. And remember that song when Kim Walker does, you got to know the love of God. you got to experience the love of God. He kisses you. He touches you. You can feel him. It's not just up here. It's got to be here. And you know it, and you know it, and you know it because you felt it, and you tasted it, and you loved it, and he revealed himself to you, and he manifested himself to you, and you experienced the love of God. It's not an intellectual thing. I experienced the love of the Father 35 years ago. It's the last time I ever tasted him, the last time I ever thought about him. Tasted him this morning. Then a five-year-old comes over and she gives you a kiss on the cheek. It was a kiss from the Father through, manifested through a five-year-old. But God's affection and his love is real. He's kind. He's affectionate. I want to read you something that has been rocking me. Uh, how many of you know it's really fun? You know, we've been, I feel like we've been encouraged lately to pull out prophetic words. Yeah. And I encourage each one of you, if you have any... Now, uh, again, if you're a guest, what is a prophetic word? We believe that God speak to, speaks to us today. And we can all prophesy... And we can hear from God, and God can speak to our hearts, and God can use others to speak to us. And this is from a gentleman who's actually in the office of a prophet. So now there's, a pro- there's prophets and prophetesses, and they operate at a level of an office where they have credibility and history and reliability, and they travel and they prophesy over churches and individuals, and they release destiny over you, and they call forth things in your life, and then you see it unfold. And we believe in this, and we have been impacted by this, and we still continue to go after this. But this was a word that the Lord gave through a brother named Dennis Kramer, or Denny Kramer, and it was six years ago, and I want to read some of it to you. It was 2009, and the basis for your effectiveness in ministry will be a secure understanding of the love of God. I do not want this church to stray from its original purpose, which is to convey the love of God to a community and to a dying world. And so, son and daughter, this is to Wanda and I, your message will always be steeped in love. I and I am dipping the message that I have given you in the love of God, and it's going to come out dripping with the love of God. And some will criticize you, and some will say, we're going to go somewhere where the truth is taught. But the truth is that I am love. And this house will be where the love of God permeates the ceiling and the floors, and the walls, and where the people will come in, and they will be soaked and saturated in the perfect love of God that I have shed abroad in your heart, in your heart, and in your heart 
says it twice. So is there any greater thing than to understand the love of God? Remember I shared two weeks ago, and the heart of it is, I do not become, it's not tedious for me to share these things again and again. And I believe it is for your safety. I believe that this message of the love of God is a message that will be for all eternity. And, we, and I want the walls and the ceilings, and I want, the most powerful thing we could experience today is the love of God. That you can experience the love of God. We're going to have an activation. We're going to believe God to move by his spirit, and the love of God will be manifested. It'll be revealed. It'll be shown here. It'll be on display here. Because God is love. I want to read you one other part of this. You know, it's funny when you want to read things, but um, I, want to, I want to share a, a, a highlight of something that I realize, you know, you have new people, people don't know your story, but I want to share a part of my story that I haven't thought about in a while until I pulled out this prophetic word. And how many of you love hearing testimonies? Last Sunday we had five testimonies. Isn't it powerful hearing testimonies? And, you know, try to fine-tune your testimony when you're with somebody. They don't want to hear a three-hour-long testimony, to be honest with you. That, you know, we're, we're in a culture where it's Instagram, quick, text, tweet, you know, like, boom. Ralph, give me your testimony, and uh, you got 30 seconds. I'm going to take a little liberty. I'm going to try to go two minutes here. But I'm 21 years old. I'm selling drugs, doing marijuana by the pounds, driving Harley Davis's Davidson's, Harley Davidson's, Wanda and I are not interested in God at all. We're living our life. I used to get a kick out of mocking Christians. Nobody knew. Who knows? And we were just a young, punky kid. If you would have met me, I was an arrogant young kid. And then I get thrown into a jail cell for selling pot. And telling my wife everything's going to be okay as they handcuffed me and brought me to the jail. And I was, not, I was not in a place of need. I was basically like, yeah, sure. United States Air Force, what a joke. Couldn't wait to get out. And then my wife brings me a Bible. And I begin to read the Bible. The first time in my life I have an encounter with the love of God sitting in the jail cell. Okay? Denny never knew my testimony. Now, this is what the Lord wrote in the same prophecy. Now, my son, you must remember that there was a time in your B.C. years, that means before Christ, when you were steeped in great darkness, and you were a mess. How about the Lord telling you exactly about your life? <laughs> there couldn't be no more of a clear description. You know how you think you're doing good, but man, I am a mess. Ugly sin, darkness. I, I actually worship, worshiped Charles Manson in high school. I really did. I had devil posters in my blacklight room. There was a lot of crap going on in my house, just to be honest with you. But I was a mess. But here's the crazy thing. You know, you don't know you're a mess. You think you're doing all right. And he says, you were a hurting cowboy. You were caught up intellectually and mentally in all kinds of spiritual things that would have really made you of no use to me. So when I saved you, I literally, in 24 hours, took you from darkness to light, 
and I stripped off of you hell and death, and I filled you with the Holy Spirit, and I began, and I began to use you almost overnight in the care of the kingdom. So here's the testimony. My dad used to do this little tape recorder thing before all these things. You, you lift the little thing, it's on a little thing on the phone. And overnight, I received Christ, and overnight, everything changed in 24 hours. We didn't know, Wanda and I had never been uh, sober, straight, clear-headed, what do you call it when you're doing drugs? Uh, 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 we've never been together outside of using drugs. Everything was in jeopardy, but something happened to me, and I encountered the love of Christ, and I experienced forgiveness of sin. And I was transformed by an encounter with God's love. 24 hours from darkness to light. 24 hours, there was a young man in there that I had just met who had a wife and two kids and got caught selling drugs too. And he was a wreck. And in 24 hours, I led him to Christ. And all I shared with him was, I don't know what's going on. But I experienced the love of God by receiving Christ. And I knew that my sins were forgiven and that I was, had a new thing on life. I knew I was born again. So why all the hoopla on the love of God? Because I believe that God is love. And what the world needs now is love, sweet love. (laughs) Right? Come on. What the world needs now is a whole lot of love. There's a lot of shouting going on. There's a lot of voices going on. It's God done with America. One of the silliest things I think I ever read this week, but I got to read it. God loves America because God loves people. If God loves China, God loves America. If God loves North Korea and Iraq and Afghanistan, he loves America. God, is not, I don't want to, uh, God loves America. I said something two weeks ago that I want to apologize a little because I get pumped up. Does that mean, Pastor Ralph, you're so ignorant? We got problems. Yeah, we got problems. But doesn't mean God doesn't love America. Believe it or not, you have problems. Okay? You ha- I have problems. It doesn't mean God doesn't love you. He's not going to give up on you. He's not going to punish you. He's not going to hate you. He's not going to judge you. He loves you. God's in the business of loving nations, and he loves individuals. He loves people. So, in all this craziness, can we agree that what the world needs now is a whole lot of love? It's the greatest commandment now. Jesus said, this is my commandment now in the new covenant. Love one another. Love is the greatest commandment. It doesn't mean we back down. It doesn't mean you don't have convictions. It doesn't mean you don't have Uh, things that you're going to fight for that doesn't mean that there aren't things that need to 
be preserved. But just, just be careful. Philippians 3, 1, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to say these things to you is not tedious for me, but it is safe. A few weeks ago, we talked about being citizens of heaven. Philippians 3.20 says we're citizens of heaven. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says we're ambassadors of love. Love motivates us. That scripture in 2 Corinthians 5.20 is the one where it says, it's literally, it says God, as, as if God himself were, were igniting you, flowing through you, bursting of you with the messages, be reconciled to God. It's a message of reconciliation. It's a message that God's love is furious, and he wants to go after people. It's really funny, the commentaries and stuff you read on the internet. I know we tease about this, but for the fun of it, I punch in Luke 15, the prodigal son story, and I like to get some feedback. You know how many commentaries and preachers twist the story that the prodigal son, the prodigal son was humble, and he was remorseful, and he came before the father, and the father's motivation was looking at what the son did so that just... See, no, it's it's completely the opposite. The father's heart was manifested and revealed toward the son. When I was sitting in a jail cell, and your story, you have a story. I was not interested in God. God revealed himself. God manifested himself. God came in where I wasn't even looking, and then I was impacted for the rest of my life. God's love transforms our hearts from the inside out. How many of you know that happened in March of 1980, and I have been the most perfect Christian ever since? I mean, I have been, I've been doing, like, amazing, you know? Amazing, amazing. Remember we always talk about this crazy little thing here? Um, amazing. You know, I haven't screwed up. I haven't did, you, you know how many, you know how many, I mean, do you guys understand how bad it was for me? I was a mess. I was trying to walk this thing out. And God's love every step of the way manifesting his love. Crazy stories. Five kids in the 80s. A marriage, trying to be a a wife. Trying to be a husband to my wife. Clarify. Trying to be a husband to my wife. Trying to be a Christian. Where would we be without the love of the Father? Continually revealing, manifesting. When you want to give up and he comes and he says, man, I love you, son. You're worth investing in. You're my son. And you see it this way and I see you this way. Don't give up. And, and, and whatever you think the religious things are going, man, just keep your heart to me and I'm going to reveal my love to you. God has been so faithful. God is a God of love. The word tells us to be rooted and grounded in his love. Ephesians 3.17. So if you want to be stable, you want to have a flow, you want to be, you want to be consistent, be rooted and grounded in his love. John 15.5 says we abide in him and he abides in us and we'll bear much fruit if we just abide. And we're abiding in love. The soil of our abiding is God is love. 
So be rooted and grounded in his love. Don't be confused. I want to read the scripture of 1 Corinthians 13. I just pray, Holy Spirit, just make it alive to us. You know, we teased a little bit two weeks ago. This is not like go to the wedding. Somebody's getting married, and this is the only time we read it. It's a great wedding card, right? Love is patient. Love is kind. I mean, 1 Corinthians 13. I'm reading out of the NIV. Verse 13. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding kong or a clanging cymbal. So I can speak in tongues of men and angels. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. Are you getting this? If I give all my possessions to the poor and give my body over to, the, over to hardship, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So you are nothing, you gain nothing, it benefited you nothing, and you basically are a loud banging clang of cymbals, and you sound like nothing. If you have not love. So I think love is pretty important. I think demonstrating love is pretty important. And this is love. This is the love of the Father. This is a love that sees a son from a distance who did not do him right. Squandered everything. Disrespected his father. I'll tell you one thing. In my household, that would not have happened. Big Van would have been upset. I did not know that kind of love from my earthly father. I, he came to Christ many years later. But the picture is hard for me to get my head around because God the Father is so different. And his affection is furious. His, his, his intimacy, his desire to, to you know, he won't relent means he is going after you even now. This was not a born-again experience only thing. Wherever you are right now, the Father is still going after you, wants to bring you into the de- deepest places of his love because he knows you'll be transformed forever. But this agape love of God the Father, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Husbands and wives, come on. Get rid of that little book. Keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the completeness comes, what is in part disappears. 
When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. And when I became a man, I put, a, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we, should, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Love never fails. Love never fails. I want to do something this morning that I believe was the depth of God's heart in my encounter with the Lord this morning. Is I want you to taste and experience the love of God. And I believe there's an anointing in my spirit right now, right today, to lay hands on you and you will feel something. You will experience something. And as many of you know, it's really beautiful because I get to release healing. The healing, the healing that's going to be manifested today is going to take place in the river. There's a river right up here today. And this is not the Ralph Van Auken show. And this is not the Man of God, Our Power show. Every time I speak, I say, Holy Spirit, how do you want to do this today? Because I can hear his voice. I'm his son. I'm, his, I'm one of his little lammies. He says, my little lammies can hear my voice. And we can receive direction and instruction. And today he said to me, your hands are going to be laid on the saints. I don't care if it takes two hours. That's why I'm going to stop talking here. If we can do it for, if it takes, there's not that many people here. But if you want to receive an impartation that's going to help you understand the love of God the Father, I believe with all my heart that God is going to flow through me. I am a conduit of the very spirit of the living God. Resurrection life flows through us. You are a conduit. We talked about this. You're an ambassador. The very, the very presence of the living God can be released through us. And today, I'm going to lay hands on you. It doesn't have to be spooky. It doesn't have to be hokey pokey. It has to be, God, I'm, I'm believing by the very presence of the living God that as I touch the saints... That which I've received, that which I have tasted, is going to, I don't care if, it's a, if it hits you like an 18-wheeler going 70 miles an hour, or you feel a tiny little speck of water as if it just hit the top of the building and it caught a little bit on the side of your face. But you got something. And I want you guys to do me a favor this week. I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you, Paul the Apostle. I'm begging with you, pleading with you. If you have an encounter with the Lord, either now or it manifests tomorrow or it happens on Wednesday, and God does something to you, I want you to call me. I want to hear some testimonies. Because testimonies bring faith and encouragement. So, um, Brian, I don't know what you got for music back there. I don't want no one playing because I want everybody who wants to.
So we're going to take a few, few uh, maybe a minute or so, and we're just going to play some instrumental music. We're just going to, um, everybody who knows me knows I love to dim the lights just a hair, a little ambiance, create a little atmosphere here. I want you to rest. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to strive. I, I believe that God wants to do something for you because he's a good daddy. And I'm going to just read one more time. I'm going to declare what the prophet said over this place. Because it wasn't just for Wanda and I, it was for this church family. That the love of God, the message of his love would be dripping from us. Dripping from us. And this house, and this house, is where the love of God permeates the ceilings, and the floors, and the walls. And all the people that come in will be soaked and saturated in the perfect love of God that was shed abroad for us. This is language. This is God's affection. This is crazy stuff. This is love came down from heaven in the form of a son. This is Jesus Christ, the living God, the living son of God who manifested himself. He demonstrated his love for us. The saints of God should not be deficient. There should not be a deficiency in you in the love of the Father for you. So Holy Spirit, I'm just going to ask right now that by the power of the Holy Spirit as the saints come up and for those of you who are familiar with this place you're going to receive a touch Not from Pastor Ralph. I'm just going to be a conduit. I'm believing that you'll receive a touch from the Father. And the fullness of the Holy Spirit to ignite in you, to taste, to experience the love of God for you as a person. Father, I pray that whoever wants to come will be open to your touch and to receive. So your part is just to come and receive. We're actually going to have a little fun with this. We're going to... Kind of like, how many of you grew up Catholic? I love how the Catholic... I love how they did the communion. Remember, they by row, they'd come up. I just saw this being very intimate and simple. I didn't see a a chaotic rush to the front like we got to prove something. The anointing is going to be for the first like it is for the last. It's not a a, uh, first top ten, you know, top ten list, get the greatest anointing. Sounds silly, but sometimes how we think. I got to be in the top 20 or I'm going to miss it. 
So we're going to go by rows, and who's ever in this row, and then we're going to go to this row, and then we're going to go to that row. And if the Holy Spirit touches you, and you want to lie down in his presence, I believe there's even a maturity in that. I mean, I guess if we got to have catchers, but I don't know how it happens to you, but I feel his presence. He kind of lets me know. And I can just go, whoa, maybe Jonathan was going to freak out, maybe. Pastor Ralph's lying in the front row, kind of waggling, maybe took a few drinks too much of the Holy Ghost. But then I can just go right down and... I don't have to get crazy. It's just I don't know how to explain it. But I guess if you're saturating and soaking and filling with the love of God the Father, then he's just going to whack you a little bit every now and then. So just receive. Just receive from the Father. And you're going to receive healing also. All right? I think to make it really simple, I'm just going to stand here. I'm going to start with this row. And remember, I'm just going to be praying in tongues. I'm just going to touch you. And it can be like two seconds. And this, you know, I'm going to touch you. Just receive from the Father. And then go back to your seat or lie down. Do whatever you want to do, okay? So let's do it, Gracie. So, Father, just your grace, your love. Receive. Receive. Well, we might need some catchers. And that's okay. Let's, let's be ready. Because I tell you, I felt it. I felt it. Gracie, just relax now. Just, yeah, just relax. Lena, come on up. And again, it's just a matter of... I'm very sensitive. Manifestation of the Holy Spirit will just sometimes be overwhelming to you. But the Holy Spirit, the love of the Father, the love of the Father manifested. Receive the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Watch each other. Just manifest the Holy Spirit your goodness and your love and your power. Resurrection life. Feel the Father's love. Feel the Father's love. Feel the Father's love. You're going to know this love. You're not just going to, you're going to know this love of God. You're going to be impacted by this furious love of the Father. You're going to be, you're going to know it from the inside out. It's going to change you. He's going to change the way you think. He's going to change the way you respond. He's going to change the way you love and see. His love is real. It's furious. The love of God will compel you. It will motivate you. It will push you out of your comfort zone. It's the love of the Father that will drive you. to be ambassadors that declare come home ambassadors that declare to the world be reconciled to God that God's a good God he's a good father you can be forgiven of all your sin you can have a new life you can have resurrection power you can have hope he's the hope for the nations Love is patient and love is kind. And I just release over you as you as you go about the rest of your afternoon. I release the agape love of the Father. 
Holy Spirit, we trust you and we thank you for touching and revealing. And we just bless you. Bless the saints of God as you go. We always have prayer teams that are ready to pray and continue to stand with you.